We want to welcome you to New Beginnings. All of you out in the mall, make your way in. Find your way to your class. We're getting started tonight. We want to celebrate his glorious presence. Celebrate all that he does in our life. Lift up his holy name. To thank him for what he's doing. And to thank him for what he's done. But to really believe what he's about to do. Amen? I want to just remind you of a few announcements. I want to let you know that this Sunday is Child Dedication Sunday, and we're hoping that if any of you have not dedicated your child to the Lord, you can do that. I want to let you know that on Saturday, the 15th uh, of January, is going to be the men's breakfast, and we definitely hope that you're going to be a part of that. And we're excited about the things that God has in store for us. This Sunday is also going to be Communion Sunday. So for those of you at home, I hope and pray that you either come by here and pick up some communion elements or you have your communion uh, elements ready there at the house. You can have some crackers or some grape juice or whatever you might be able to pull together. But we want to just lift up the name of Christ. Would you please stand with me as we go to the Lord in prayer? And say, thank you, Lord, so much for all that you do in our life. Thank you for what you've given us. Thank you for what you're pouring out. Father, we're believing that you're going to do supernatural things. We're believing, Father God, that you are going to just pour your spirit out over each and every one of us here in this sanctuary and those watching online. Father God, we pray for a mighty move of your Holy Spirit, whether it's here in the sanctuary, across the aisle, or across the ocean. I pray, Father God, that, Lord, you minister supernaturally. Father God, we're believing that, Lord God, there's more than enough with Jesus. So I pray that everyone has an encounter with Jesus tonight. That, Lord, they find out that you truly are more than enough. And I pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And God's people shout out, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good to have you. Turn to your neighbor. And give them a big old high five and say, it's good to have you in the house of the Lord tonight. And then join us in worship as we lift up our voice to the King. All right, good evening.
Oh, let's go. 
brought us back together. You made everything whole in our lives. Amen. Come on, let's sing that first verse. I've searched the world, have you? But it couldn't fit me. Man's empty praise and treasures the faith. I never enough. And then you came along. You came along. And put me back together. Yes, you did. And every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Amen. Doesn't that feel good? I love coming in here in the middle of the week, especially after it's been a hard week, and to just let everything go. Don't you? Don't you feel safe knowing that you're in the arms and the love and grace of God? He sent his son, Christ, down to this earth. We just celebrated that Christmas. For the redemption of our sins and our lives to give us meaning again. And tonight... We want to celebrate that again. We want to continue. Just because Christmas is over and the New Year's here, that doesn't mean we, we stop. We're going to continue that faithfulness. We're going to continue trusting. And knowing that Jesus is the only one who can come into our lives and make us whole again. By taking our sins on that cross. Amen. Let's continue to worship. Father, we thank you.
the book of Exodus chapter 14 verse 14 that says just stay calm I will fight for you the victory belongs to the Lord but he shares it with his people amen so claim your victory tonight father we come in here father like AJ said some of us have had a difficult week a challenging week and we come to empty ourselves and we say God The battle belongs to you. So God, thank you for fighting for us. We're just going to come under the shield of the Lord. We're going to come under the covering of the Lord. We're going to come under the wings of the Most High. We are going to be covered by God Almighty. Thank you, Lord. We pray your blessing over your people. Father God, whether they're in this room or they're online, God, I pray that no matter where anyone is, They bump into you all night long. That, Lord, they're going to turn to the right. There you are. Turn to the left. There you are. Look up. Look down. Look all around. There you are. They're going to be in the Holy of Holies, and they might be in a wicked place, but, God, you're going to find them and draw them back to you. So bring our prodigal husband or wife, son or daughter, brother, sister, mom or dad. Bring back, Lord, the prodigal to you. Father God, I pray that you bring healing to bodies that need healing. Father God, young Tiana, Lord, needs healing as she's going to go into surgery. Heal her body. 
God, we pray for little Cruz who was just diagnosed positive for COVID. We pray healing. We pray healing for those battling COVID. Father God, there's been more and more people diagnosed, but God, thank you that you are covering, you are healing, you are a restorer. Restore health right now in the name of Jesus. No matter what they might be going through. There's the flu going around, some kind of stomach bug going around, but thank you that there's more enough of the blood of Jesus to cover it all. Father God, I pray healing of relationships, broken relationships that are about to end. I pray healing and restoration. For those relationships that are doing great, just even make them stronger. Father God, I pray blessing over finances, over wisdom, over peace of mind. I pray, Father, the peace of God to fall within us and around us. Minister to everyone watching online, whether they're in this city, in this state, in this country, or around the world. God, let your will be done. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. And God's people shout out, amen. Praise the Lord. Turn to your neighbors and say, I'm so glad you made it to church tonight. And then you could be seated. I want to say what a joy to have you here to celebrate his goodness. To celebrate his love. I want you to be encouraged tonight. Be encouraged with the word of God. Be encouraged by the spirit of God. Be encouraged by his presence. Amen. Guys, I'm going to be kicking off a new sermon series today for this new year as we start. And I just want to say thank you for your faithfulness and your giving. We've been able to do some amazing things this last year because of faithful giving. Thank you for your tithes. My wife and I tithe, and we thank you for all of you that do as well because we're able to expand the kingdom of God. Guys, I'm kicking off a sermon series it's called Discovering Your, Rediscovering Yourself. See, all of us have been born, and when we're born, our parents had an image of what they wanted you to be. They used to speak into your life when you were still in your mother's womb. A lot of moms talk to their baby. A lot of dads talk to the baby. And they start speaking life into that baby. And you, you're brought up, and some of you have been brought up in phenomenal homes. And some of you have been brought up in homes where you don't even know your dad. You've never met your dad. You're brokenhearted over that. Some of you don't know your mom. So you grew up calling grandma mom. You grew up calling auntie mom. And that's okay. You had someone that loved you and cared about you. But as you grow, you're looking for an identity and there's been just purpose spoken into your life. And the devil comes to steal that purpose and steal that identity and steal your calling and he confuses you and before you know it, you don't know if what's up or down, what's left or right. You don't know what's going on. A friend of mine that has since passed away was a pastor and he was also had been in law enforcement for many years of his life 
When I met him, I met him, and he said, yeah, I'm a sergeant. I was a sergeant in Kansas, and, and I'm like, wow, that's really cool. And, uh, and then he became a pastor, and, and he said, yeah, you know what? I came from Kansas, and, and in Kansas, I was the head of this committee and the head of that committee, and I was this and I was that. And he dropped the name of someone, said, I know this person very, very well. I go, oh, that's good to hear. I go, because I'm a very close friend of that lady. And she's a leader in the church God. So one day I bump into her and I go, hey, I understand you and I have a mutual friend. And she goes, I don't know him. He said he knows you real well. Never met him a day in my life. He said he just talked to you on the phone a month ago. I had a note on my desk that he called, and I called back, and we never connected, but I've never spoke to him since I've been alive. So I'm like, wow. So I happened to be in Kansas one time, and I'm preaching, and she happened to be in Kansas at that same event that I was at, and he happened to be there. And so I went to go visit him, and I go, hey, I go, is the Sarge here? And they go, Sarge? I go, yeah, the sergeant. The guy goes, I'm the sergeant. I go, no, I'm looking for this dude. He goes, well, he's a, an officer here, but he's not a sergeant. He's never been a sergeant. And I'm going, oh, my gosh. So then I go to the church that night, and I'm going to preach. And the lady that I know, she was at that service. And I go, hey, our buddy's here. So I go, hey. I tell him. Guess who? It's here. And his face dropped like, what? And I go, yeah, you told me you know her real well. Well, uh, she, She said, I've never met you as long as I've lived. And I'm thinking, will the real dude please stand up? (laughs) (laughs) Who are you? I know you're a cop, but you're not even a sergeant. And you say, you know this person? You're what, trying to flatter me? You know people in high places? You don't even know them. You know who they are by name. And people are going through life not even knowing who they really are because they're trying to be somebody else because they're trying to impress someone else and they're trying to prove to someone else who they are when they're not that at all. Have any of you ever met somebody like that? Have any of you looked into a mirror and seen somebody like that? You don't even know who you are. And you have to remember all these things. And you got, let me tell you something. You have to have a phenomenal memory if you're going to be a liar. Instead, be who you are. Be who God called you to be. Rediscover yourself. And be honest. And say, no, I've never really done that. Look, I I grew up following Notre Dame as a football team that I liked a lot. And a few years ago, this coach applied for the job as the head coach of Notre Dame. And he got the job. And he said he had his master's from this school, his undergraduate from this school, his master's from this school, and that he was working on his doctorate from this other school. Well, guess what? They found out that he didn't even have a bachelor's degree, let alone a master's degree, and he wasn't working on a doctoral degree. 
And here he got this phenomenal job with phenomenal pay, but his lie found him out. Hear me. Some of you are living that kind of a life. You're manufacturing yourself. You are not being honest of who you are. And now you don't even know who you are because you've lied so much, you even believe your own lies. God is saying, would the real you please stand up? Would you get real with yourself? Would you get honest with yourself and admit what you are and what you're not? In the book of Proverbs, chapter 28, verse 13, It says, people who conceal their sin will not prosper. But if you confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Thank you, Jesus, for the mercy of God. Thank you, God, for giving us your mercy through your son, Jesus Christ. In the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32, it says right there, And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It'll set you free from the lies that you've created about yourself. It'll set you free from the identity that you have taken on that isn't even you at all. And you're not even happy because you're having to live up to this expectation that you think everyone else has of you, and no one put that on you except you. So today, what I want to talk about is how to really rise up and let the real you stand up and let the real you shine and let the real you be you because aren't you tired of lying and mainly to yourself? God's up there going, Ay, mijita, come on, my daughter. Come on, my son, mijo. That's not even you. It used to break my heart with Michael Jackson, this phenomenal, phenomenal, talented young man that was abused and went through all kinds of garbage and was trying to hide his identity. And instead of embracing who he was, he tried to redevelop himself into something else, and he ended up killing himself. I go, how sad, how tragic. And yet there's a lot of us that we're not famous. We're, if you would, kind of a nobody. But let me tell you something. With God, there are no such things as nobodies. You are a somebody. He died for the sins of the world. He died for you. If you were the only living person on this earth, he still would have sent his son to die for you. That's how important you are to him. So he wants you to get to know who you are. So if you really want to have the real you stand up, the first thing we have to do is we have to be honest with the self-reflection in your devotional life. To really have a real self-reflection in your devotional life. That when you open up the Word of God, you get real. When you get open up the Word of God, you really look at it, and you let it look at you, and you let it examine you, and you get real with what it's saying to you. Because God has an amazing way of slapping us on the face, and we go, God, that felt good, Lord. We don't go, oh, why are you doing it? Instead, we go, God, you love me so much. You would bring me to my senses. 
He says, wake up, Richard. What are you doing? What are you doing, mijo? What are you doing, mijita? Wake up. That's why I love this prayer. I try to read this prayer over my life often. In Psalm 139, verse 23 and 24. Now let's read it nice and slow. If you really read it like a prayer, you say, search me, O God, search me. Search me. Look into my life. Search me. Show me who I am. I was flying not too long ago, and, and I'm, I was there walking, and I don't know, you know, I take your shoes off and take your belt off, and, and I'm standing there, and I do go through the x-ray, and they go, sir, you got to come over here. They go, what do you have? I go, nothing. I go, well, our machine's showing you have this. They go, you want to go off to the side? No, you can search me here. Well, I didn't know they were going to pull my pants down. <laughs> They're around with my chones here. My BVDs. Everyone's kind of looking like, whoa. They, they took that guy's pants down. I'm going, this is not a good situation. Search me. God, search me. Show me what I got or what I don't have. And know my heart. Be honest with me, God, because I'm not honest with me anymore. I don't even know me anymore. Know my heart. Tell me where I'm good. Tell me where I'm bad. Tell me where I'm all messed up. And know my anxious thoughts. I always stop on the anxious thoughts. Anxious thoughts are those thoughts that you're starting to kind of freak out. Like, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Come on. Have you ever been searched and you have something? And you're hoping they don't find that something? And you have anxious thoughts. What are you thinking? Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Please don't let them look in the trunk. Oh, God, God. Oh, God. God, God. Oh, you're freaking out. Search me, oh, God, and know my heart and know my anxious thoughts. Because you know, God, I'm hiding something. You know I haven't fessed up to something. Show me my anxious thoughts. Look at verse 24. And point out anything. That's a hard one. Point out anything in me that offends you. Not just point out a few things. Point out anything. So if God says, well, this bothers me. Well, golly, are you going to nitpick everything? Well, you just told me, search me. You told me, point out anything. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. So get me back in line. Let me rediscover my life because I don't even know who I am. Look what it says in Psalm 119, verse 29. Keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instruction. Matthew 7, verse 3. Jesus said it this way. And why do you worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? Because we're always wanting to to divert the attention to somebody else to make us look good. So what do we say? You know, yes, Lord, I know. Yeah, you're showing me. But how about them? How about them, Lord? Did you say anything to them? He goes, I'll take care of them. But right now I'm talking to you. You just finished saying, search me. Here I'm telling you what you... And now you're saying, what about them? What about the speck in their eye? Have you seen the big old log you have in yours? You're worried about their speck. 
Oh, my goodness gracious. Thank God no one here at New Beginnings has ever looked at somebody like that, but I've heard there's people in this city that do. Exactly. We need to get our vision right and look at the things the way they are. Second thing we need to do is be honest about repeated patterns of pain and difficulties. In other words, God, i got to be honest with you. I keep doing this. It's like, what's wrong with me? I don't know why I keep doing that. I keep hurting my wife. I keep hurting my husband. I lie to him. I cheat on him. I lie on her, cheat on her. I lie to my kids. I lie to my parents. I lie to my brother. I lie to my sister. I lie to my father. I lie to my mother. I lie, 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 lie. Lord, I have pain. Pain because I do dumb things. I get my paycheck and I go spend it on alcohol or drugs or pornography or gambling or just stuff I shouldn't be doing. What's wrong with me? Be honest. Say, God, I've got some repeated patterns of pain and difficulties. I shouldn't be here anymore. It's like, man, when am I going to get it right? When am I going to get it straight? When am I going to get it through this thick head of mine that I need to quit doing that? I need to stop. I need to quit tearing apart my life. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 26, verse 16, it says, lazy people consider themselves smarter than seven wise counselors. Isn't that the truth? People that don't study, they don't look, they don't search, they don't seek out counsel, they don't read the word, and they think, I know better. I don't need to go to that. Only weak people go to counselors. Oh, who said that? Sure wasn't Jesus. You know that we get counsel all the time? Just we don't understand it as counsel. Look, women... If you're hanging out with other women, what do you guys ask each other? How do I look? How do I look? Does this look good? You're getting advice. They'll say, no, why don't you do it like this? Oh, that look, oh, God, thank you for telling me. That's counsel. That's advice. A guy might be trying to build something. He goes, man, dude, I'm stumped. I don't even know how to do this. Do you know how to do this? Yeah, dude, look. You go like this. Oh, dude, thanks. That's counsel. That's advice. See, we get counsel and advice all the time, but we think, oh, they tell me I have to go to a counselor. All a counselor does is hear you pour out your pain and try to redirect you and try to give you some things to consider or reconsider to get your life back on track. They don't have the answers, but they have the hearing of your heart and try to help you Get all the jumbledness and put it back together. But no, 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 I I got it all together. I got it together. Oh, my gosh. I know what I'm doing. Well, you keep cracking. I can quit whenever I want. I've already quit seven times. Okay, if you quit seven times, that means you never quit. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? We, We do weird stuff like that. We do weird stuff. We need to quit repeating these patterns of pain and discomfort and difficulties in our life that are literally destroying us. 
they're tearing us apart. They're tearing us down. And we refuse and we go back and do it again. Look, I don't have I don't have to have been a drug addict to know it's destructive. I don't have to have been an alcoholic to know it's destructive. I don't have to be a gossiper to know it's destructive. I don't have to be, do you, do you, are you with me? Fill in the blank. It's like I don't have to hit myself with a hammer to know it hurts. Haven't you ever seen someone hurt themselves? You go, ooh, I know that hurt. Well, it didn't happen to you, yet you know because you're smart enough to know that pain is pain, yet there's people that are in our life that keep doing repeated patterns of pain. And they're destroying themselves, and you're going, please, I love you, man. Don't you understand how much I love you? And sometimes we want them to break it off before they want to break it off. It's I don't understand. There's people that I've tried to do intervention with, and I've tried to help people that were having an affair, and I said, please, you're destroying your life, you're destroying your marriage, you're destroying your family, you're destroying their marriage and their family. You need to stop. They go, yes, I, Pastor, you're right. Man, I didn't even know. I, I thought I had it covered good. No, God revealed it to me. You're having an affair. You need to stop. Yeah, you're right. But I'm going to meet her one more time for one for the road. What does that mean? What does that mean? There's been people that I finally talked them into going into a program. And they go, I'm going to do it, Pastor. I'm going to do it. But I still have a little bit of weed. I still have a little fix, man. And so they do one for the road and some have died. And you're like, you were so close. We get into these destructive patterns of pain and we, we are used to the pain and we're afraid. Look, you know why some people are afraid to kick? Because kicking drugs or even alcohol can be, it's not always, but it can be painful. Your body cramps up. They tell me, see, I've never been a drug addict but drug addicts have told me, e, Pastor, picture having a Charlie horse throughout your whole body. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, oh, your stomach's going, oh, my goodness, pobrecitos. But you know what? If you endure that pain for the night or two nights, you're finally free. You're free. You're free at last. No more pain. But see, since I'm used to this pain, I'd rather hold on to this pain than to exchange it for pain I don't know because I'm afraid of the unknown. But yet God is saying, I want to free you. I want to set you free. And if you really want to be the real person to stand up and quit playing and quit hiding behind an identity that you created for yourself and an identity that isn't even true, an identity that isn't even real, the third thing you have to do is be honest about the advice and concern others give to you. Be honest about it. Realize that, you know what? They're really loving me. They are showing me love. They are showing me how much they really love me and how much they really care. Man, I need to listen to them. Oh, my gosh. I've never had anyone care. No one's shown me they cared before. 
So sometimes them caring kind of freaks you out. You kind of messes with your head because you're like, I wonder what they want out of this. They're showing me so much care and they want to help me. I wonder what's in, for, in, in it for them. And the only thing in it for them is a drug-free, alcohol-free, adultery-free, gambling-free, overeating-free, getting drunk every night-free friend. Someone that's free from the addiction that they have. And you're like, wow. They took my advice. That's so awesome. But we don't like to be honest with the advice. Sometimes they give us advice and what do we say? Oh my gosh, they think I'm all messed up. God, I'm not even messed up. I'm, I'm nowhere near messed up her. Now she's messed up. But I'm not like her. God, they think I'm all messed up like him. That dude's messed up. Yeah, they are. But guess what? You're right behind them. You're right behind them. You know how many funerals I did last year from people that said, I don't have it out of control. I can stop anytime I want, and they overdosed. I got it together. Oh, my gosh, Pastor. Because they think I'm melodramatic. They think, oh, Pastor, right away. Oh, you could die with overdose. Oh, you could. And they do. And I'm like, I wish they would have listened. Oh, my gosh. You don't know how gut-wrenching it is for me pouring into them. And I feel like, God, help them. Please let them believe it. Not that I'm right, but that they're so wrong. Help them understand the advice that they're giving, that they could be honest with it. That they could say, you know what, I am messed up. My thinking is messed up. Uh, I can hear pastor saying right now, you have stinking thinking, that thinking thinking, stinking thinking, yeah, shut up. But your mind's all messed up. And you got behaviors that are hurting you and hurting people you love. They live at the edge of their chair. You know how many mothers I've been by their side that every time their phone rings, they wonder if they're going to tell them their son OD'd or their daughter OD'd. Do you know how many family members there are that they weep for their brother or sister because they're making horrible decisions? I'm fine. Oh, my gosh. Hi, Pastor. There you go. You got all dramatic. Be honest about the advice and concern that others give to you. They're not saying it just to say it. They're saying it because they love you and they see a pattern in your life that is going to take you down. They're coming to you with love to say, guard your heart. They're coming to you with love saying, guard your mind. They're coming to you with their love to say, guard your soul. Don't you understand Don't you get it? You're killing yourself. You're hurting your marriage. You're hurting your parents, your children. Please find out who you are and let the real you stand up. Let the real you say, I need help. Let the real you say, I'm not as together as I'm saying I am. God, you know where I'm at. 
You know, in this area, I got it so together. And over here, I don't even know which way's up. And some of us don't have any of it together. And some of us have 90% of it together. But it's that 10% that's going to take us down. God, help us, guide us, lead us, instruct us. Let us understand that the advice that they're giving is because they care about us. They're concerned about us. Look what it says in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 6. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. The kisses of an enemy sound like this. Oh, man, you're doing awesome. Oh, dude, you're doing great. Oh, dude, I don't know why your family says that about you. Dude, you got it together. I don't know. Mom, you know how moms are. They're all concerned. Dads, dads come down hard. Dude, you're not, you got it. 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 And, and, and you can't ask that friend to come bail you out of jail because they're right next to you. They're right next to you in the cell. Because both of you guys got picked up. Nab for disorderly conduct or public intoxication or DUI or... You know what I'm talking about? Wounds from a sincere friend. In other words, a friend that really loves you and says something that might hurt you, it might pierce you, it might hurt your feelings. You might go, Ituke, oh, shut up, who do you think you are? And they go, I'm your friend. I love you. I'm your mother. I'm your father. I'm your brother. I'm your sister. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. I love you. This guy that I met many years ago, he carried the name Howie the Biker. Howie the Biker was out of L.A., and he was a hell's angel. Big old dude, mean dude, just the kind of guy when you look at you go, oh, Lord Jesus, help me, I'm scared. And his seven-year-old daughter started going to Sunday school. Started crying for her daddy. She started going when she was five. But when she was seven, one day she stood before her dad. This tiny little thing against this big old dude, monster guy, mean guy. And she goes, Daddy, don't you understand? I love you. You're going to go to hell. You're daddy. You're daddy. You're so messed up, daddy. I love you. Please don't go to hell. And he said that a knife went through his heart and pierced him and made him realize, oh my gosh, my little seven-year-old girl loves me this much. And she's telling me that my God loves me even more than that. And that day, he was honest about the advice that she was giving him and, and honest about the concern that she showed him. Look what it says in Proverbs 27, verse 9. The heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. In other words, man, it, 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 it changes your whole perspective. It changes everything. You start going, wow. Man, Lord, what's wrong with me? Lord, thank you for that advice. Thank you, friend. Thank you, relative. Thank you for loving me and being so concerned about me that you wanted me so desperately to change. You wanted so desperately to find healing. You wanted so desperately to find wholeness. Thank you. Thank you. 
So we got to be honest with the self-reflection, the self-confrontation that we have in our life. We've got to be honest with these repeated patterns of pain and difficulties that we have in our life that we need to stop. We need to be honest about the advice and concern that others give to us. And last, we need to be honest and truthful to ourselves, to others, and most especially to God. To be straight out honest, to quit playing games, to really take a good inventory of your life and go, man, I, 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 I guess I'm not as good a husband as I thought. Not because of what she said, but because of what God said. God, I gotta be honest, I'm a selfish person. I'm a selfish woman, I'm a selfish man. I'm a selfish son or daughter. I'm a selfish mother or father. I'm a selfish friend. I'm selfish, God, please forgive me. You gotta be honest with yourself, truthful with yourself about who you are. Let the real you finally rise up. Let the real you finally be real. That you're not playing these games anymore. That you're saying, God, I'm gonna completely open up my heart to you. Show me who I really am. Because God, I'm I'm not even honest with myself anymore. I'm not honest. Just going through the motions. Aren't you tired of being fake? Aren't you tired of not even knowing who you are anymore? Aren't you tired? I mean, look what he says right there in Proverbs chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. He says, Tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight. And ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. In other words, God, I want to hear you so desperately. I'm going to tune in my ears to wisdom. Look, wisdom is floating around here. Look, it's like if you have a radio. We don't even have radios like this anymore. We used to have radios that you would have to tune in the dial. I don't know if any of you still have that kind of a radio. You have it like in your car sometimes or you, you know, but, but right now in this room, Caleb is floating around. Caleb, literally, the airwaves of Caleb are in this room. Family Life Radio are in this room. Country 92.3 is in this room. KISS FM, 97.3, is it? It's in this room. You know why you haven't heard it? Because you haven't turned the receiver to that frequency. It's in the room. It's here right now. But the reason you're not picking it up is your receiver is not hooked up to the frequency. Listen to me. Wisdom is in this room. The Holy Spirit is in this room. He's speaking, and some of you are hearing it. Some of you are like, oh, Lord, you have my attention. Oh, Lord, you, because you have tuned in to the voice of God. You have let your ears tune in to wisdom, and you're hearing it. Lord, 
I'm really all messed up, aren't I? Man, I thought I had it together. I kind of have some things together, but I'm still, I'm still messed up. Others are going, oh, when's he going to shut up? God, this guy talks forever. Oh, my gosh, come on, man. I want to go to CC's Pizza before they close the buffet. See, you're, you're missing it because you're not tuned in. You're not tuned in to the frequency of the Holy Spirit. You're not tuned in to the frequency of wisdom. He's saying, don't you understand? Cry out for insight. Ask for understanding. It's right here, but see, you're not tuned into it. Tune in. Be real with yourself. Be real with others. Tell them, look, husband, I love you, but our marriage needs a revival. We need revive to be revived again. Oh, I still love you, but I want to love you like when I fell in love with you. We couldn't wait to see each other. You'd get all tired and you'd be, hey, babe, oh, I worked such a hard day. And you go, well, hon, you don't want to come over. Are you kidding? I'll be right there. But it's snowing. Come rain or shine, no matter what, nothing's going to keep me from you. Now, babe, 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 wake up. It's only 5 o'clock. I had a long day. Oh, come on, babe. You used to want to hold me. Now you barely even put your hand and pat me. Some of you need a revival in your marriage. I'm not even talking about sex. I'm talking about just connecting again. But since somebody brought sex up, (laughs) some of you need to start having sex in your marriage again. Take a shower. Don't get all funky and, man, you don't even like the way you smell. Take a shower, get romantic, and show love to each other. See, we're not even honest and truthful. I would make love once a year. How much more time do you want than that? I'm telling you. We're not honest and truthful with ourselves. We're not honest and truthful with each other. And we're not honest and truthful with God. God is saying, come on, you know you're holding up. You know that you're not loving on your wife the way you used to. You know that you're not loving on your children the way you used to. You know you're not loving on your brother and sister the way you used to. You know you're not loving on your parents the way you used to. You know, you know, you know, you know. And God is trying to speak into your life and you resist and you keep fighting it and you won't be honest and you won't be truthful about it. So God is saying, won't you give me a chance? Won't you give me a chance to help the real you finally rise up and stand up and say, as for me and my house, we're going to get it together and serve the Lord. We're not going to keep playing these games anymore. We're not going to come to church. I love you, W. Come here, baby. Oh, Oh, baby, you're just so beautiful. And you get home and you don't even know where she is. (laughs) Hon, I'm here in the bedroom waiting for you. Wait all you want, I'm going to watch the TV. <laughs> what happened? We got to get real with God. Look what it says in Psalm 51, verse 6. You desire honesty 
from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. In Psalm 51, verse 17, he says, the sacrifices you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentive heart, O God. See, he wants to see contrition. Contrition is the brokenness in your life. It's not saying, okay, I said I'm sorry, my gosh, what do you want? I want to believe that you really mean it. I want to believe what I really see. Instead of you playing a game, I want you to be honest. Aren't you tired of being a fake? Aren't you ready to get real? Some of you have never been real with God. I say, if anyone you want to receive Jesus, and you're like, well, dude, who would not want to receive Jesus? But I don't want to quit all this stuff. And it's not stuff you have to quit. It's stuff he wants to give you. He wants to give you so much that you won't hold on to the past because there's so much future to get. He's trying to fill your heart, mind, and soul with an abundance, and yet you're still trying to hold on to the little cheap stuff. So tonight, if you've never given your life to Jesus, I hope you will. Is there anyone here tonight that never has and they want to? Just raise your hand. Say, you know what, Pastor? That's me. I've never done this. I'm going to do it. Then for all of us that have, let's get real tonight. Ask God to help you and guide you in that area of your life that you need to get real with. That area of your life that you haven't surrendered yet. That area of your life that you're still holding out and you're saying, no, no, I'm okay. And God's going, you're really not okay. I really want you to be okay. But you're not okay because you're not real with yourself. Would the real you please stand? To really stand. So I want all of us to stand. And if you want to come up and just lay down whatever you might want to lay down. It's not that you're saying I'm a fake. It's just saying, God, I want to make sure I stay in tune with you. I want to make sure I stay real with you. So as we sing this song, make your way up so we can pray with you. That we can experience freedom today to be the real us instead of being a fake. Would you make your way up as we pray? Let's sing this amazing song.
That's our story. Our story is written on his hands. And that's something to be more than thankful tonight. Let's sing that chorus one more time. Behold the Lamb. Thank you, Lord, that you conquered death. That, Lord, they, you suffered, died, and was buried. But on the third day, you glorious conquered death. You gave us life eternal. That, Lord, if we turn our heart to you, you will share that life with us. Father, thank you for the freedom we have. Thank you for the real us standing up, Lord, for facing ourselves for really getting real with you. Thank you for getting real with us. God, we really want to rededicate our life that, Lord, we're going to walk with you, talk with you, share with you, 
Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the noontime, Jesus in the supper time, Jesus at nighttime, Jesus every day, Jesus all week, Jesus all month, Jesus all year, Jesus the rest of our lives. It's all about Jesus. Yes, it is. So we thank you. And we pray in the name of Jesus, the risen, glorious King. And all of God's people said, Amen. Hey, turn to your neighbor say, I'm so glad you made it tonight. I hope you were blessed. You're dismissed to go change Albuquerque.